everyone, welcome to Grace Church. So happy that you're here today. Welcome to um, being inside with all of us. And to anyone who is watching online with a live stream, I want to welcome you to our service. Um, all during the, the shutdown that we had when we went online, we've been pre-recording our services. Um, I, I felt like that would, would be a way that we could do a better job of making our services available online. Plus, we didn't have a place to meet, so we didn't have a good backdrop for live streaming. So we've been pre-recording for all of our online church friends and family members. But today we're experimenting with live stream. So I want to welcome everyone that's online. I also want to ask for a little grace and patience because this is our first actual live stream run. So hopefully it goes well. And if there's people outside enjoying a beautiful day out there, have fun. Um, and I'm so glad that you're here. We have a great morning planned. Um, one announcement is all today. Tonight at six o'clock, we have a very special event happening. So tonight is our night of worship and prayer. And we're also going to be screening Agape International Mission, AIM's latest documentary, Tending Clouds. So we're going to be here from 6 to 8. Um, Amanda's going to lead us in a worship set. We're going to do some prayer. One of the heartbeats of this church is to see anti-sex um, trafficking efforts upheld. We, we, we want to be a church of modern-day abolitionists. And whether it's just our prayers or our money or um, any efforts we take to support ministries that are pushing back against trafficking, that's part of who we are. Part of the gospel includes pushing for justice wherever it needs to happen. And so seven years ago, we fell in love with a couple named Don and Bridget Brewster. We were actually doing a screening seven years ago of a film called Nefarious, which was an introduction to understanding the whole global atrocity of human trafficking. And in that documentary, they were highlighting lots of different ministers, and Don Brewster's face popped up on the screen, and Jessica and I immediately loved him. We had one of those David and Jonathan moments where our heart just was connected with him. So I reached out to him, and I had no idea that they came from Northern California, and we became, here at Grace, the first church to start supporting them on a regular basis. They've been in Cambodia 15 years. They have blown up. It is a massive organization now, but, but, but we've been supporting them for years, and we love them so much. And so tonight, we'll worship. We're going to pray for them. We're going to pray for any organization here in Southern California, any organization who's fighting against this trafficking um, uh, awfulness, and then we're going to watch this documentary. It hasn't been made public yet, so this is a private screening that churches are allowed to do. I want to show you the trailer. We showed it a couple of weeks ago, so some of you may have seen this once already. A two-minute trailer just to, to let you know what to expect tonight. Um, it's a very inspiring film. So yes, heavy subject matter, but, but it's inspiring, and, and you're going to be so moved by the story of this beautiful young woman. And we will have childcare. So if you have small kids, they're welcome to stay as long as you want, or they can go to childcare. But check out the, the trailer here on the screen. Some people would think that you rescue a girl, that's good enough. It's not good enough. Rex Mai was sold by her mother to an American pedophile. They told us it was the worst case of child abuse they had ever seen. Trước mặt con, thay mà đôi đồng bầu, 
At that time, really, that's when I finally feel the emotion. I knew that I wanted to testify. The issue isn't whether he hurt kids. The issue is whether he was outside of the law, so there's no penalty. It would be a shame if he was ever set free. I truly believe that my mom cared and that she sacrificed for my life. I was such a fool that I believed that. It's not based on bloodline, it's based on action. I realized that they were my home. If I had something like this, I would have been able to go to school and be normal. Thank you. To be able to have somebody that tell them you can dream however big you want. You liberate the girls and then they go on and liberate other girls. Jerry Hardy and I went to Cambodia to check out the ministry because we had given them a lot of money and we wanted to see it um, hands-on. And the school that you saw there, the AIM school, they had just barely begun to break ground on it when we were there. And all the paved streets that you saw in Spypok, that little village, um, they were just they were dirt streets and there was no school. And in a matter of years, they are transforming not just hearts and souls, which are the most important, but the actual community. So. It's really special. I read a quote this weekend from Dr. E. Stanley Jones. He wrote, the only truly beautiful people are people who lose themselves in a great cause. They grow beautiful as they continually gaze at beauty. And that's, of course, what the Brewsters have done, what hopefully we're doing. And that is what Dr. Stan and Kathleen Fleming have done. So we have a very special guest speaker here today. Um, you've all heard the name Dr. Fleming. You've heard of Gatebreaker Ministries. This is the ministry that we just gave a, a donation to for building, hopefully, a secondary school in Pakistan for slave children that have grown up in the brickyards of Pakistan. It's a really awesome um, thing for me to have them here today because all around the world, Stan is known as Dr. Stan Fleming. He's an expert in world religions, um, cults. He, he's lectured all over the world. He's absolutely brilliant, but I've known Stan and Kathleen since I was a little boy. Uh, my mom's here today, and we've been family friends. Uh, we were at their wedding. I think this is your anniversary weekend. I was eight years old at their wedding. I've known them my entire life. They've been powerfully um, formative in me and in who I am. Um, they became the pastors of the church where I grew up, and 
just a beautiful, beautiful family. They're here with their daughter, Susanna, who lives in San Diego, but she's helped plant a church. She's been a pastor on staff at churches and very gifted and talented. And they're here on vacation visiting Susanna. And I just said, would you please come and talk to our people? So, so this is their vacation. Are you, are you having fun? <laughs> so I, I asked I asked Stan if he would be willing to give us just a real healthy update on the ministry. He's also very prophetic. God has used him a lot of different times to speak, not, not just a good Bible teaching, because there's a lot of good stuff in here, but a now word from God. There are words from God that are always pertinent, but then there's also that kairos, now. This is what God is saying here. And so I don't know if you've got that for us, but um, having said that, Maybe, maybe stir something up for us, but, but, but he's got a message, and, um, but, but we're, we're so moved. The same way we love AIM, um, we, we have supported Gatebreakers for several years, and will increasingly do so. So Stan, thank you for being here. I love you all so much. Thanks for giving up part of your vacation. Would you welcome Dr. Stan Fleming? Hi. Praise God. Well, we are just blessed to be here. It's been amazing. Uh, thank you, Pastor Chris, for inviting us to come, and it's just a pleasure to be here. With uh, Last night, we got a chance to catch up with uh, Chris and Jessica and, and uh, about their family and our dear friend Sherry, who we've known for so many years. And um, so, yeah, and... You know, I really like uh, this area of the country. This is pretty cool. We came driving into your town yesterday, and my wife goes, wow, look at those palm trees. This is kind of like Scottsdale or something. Now, I, don't, I think Scottsdale is a little bit bigger than this, but, but honestly, it's pretty cool here, and, uh, and we love it. And as Pastor Chris said, we've known them for so many years, and I, and I just want to say we have been inspired uh, by their testimony, the testimony of this couple right here, and by their strength and by their vision and their love for God. And so, I, I mean, honestly, they have just stood the test of time and are, are real. It's like people used to say, you know, you could, you could peel back a little bit of veneer, but man, you, you stab into an oak tree and you know it's oak. Well, what you got here is oak, you know. It is, it is strong. Just a little bit of a background. Um, I, you know, I was, came out of great darkness when I was young, and I won't go into all that, but I kind of had a, a Psalm uh, 41, or 40, excuse me, um, moment in my life, verse 1 through, th through uh, 3, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. Um, he also brought me up out of a horrible pit. Now, some of you can probably relate to that, and uh, and he set my feet upon a rock, and he established my steps. He put a new song in my mouth, praise to our God. Many will see it in fear and will trust in the Lord. So that's my, that's my background, my, my, my testimony, really, of coming into Christ. And, and then I, I met this beautiful young woman, uh, and, and we got married, Kathleen and I, and we've been married now 41 years. Uh, we started... Uh, a Christian school together over 40 years ago, yeah, and, um, you know, I kind of look like Jeremiah Johnson there, you know, and, 
And uh, we, we, we pastored for many years. Uh, and then since 2007, we relocated. The Lord called us full-time out of a lead pastor role into uh, Gatebreaker Ministries. And so it's an international ministry. We relocated down to the Boise area. And I have traveled a lot, no, so much, not so much in the last year and a half, but before that, uh, for instance, I've been 35, 36 times to Kenya, and uh, Pastor Chris has gone with me there. I've really appreciated that. But uh, yeah, and so oh, we also have five kids and five grandkids, so <laughs> that's a pretty big deal. Uh, now, I do want to kind of go through a GBM update, like activity, uh, of what's happening. And then I do have a message that the Lord kind of laid upon my hearts for you. So I'm going to try to kind of speed my way through these slides. I, I think a slide is worth a thousand um, words, you know, like a photo. And, and I've got a couple videos for you. But um, GBM, the mission statement, um, is breaking down the gates of oppression through education. And so I don't know why, but the Lord has used me in my life to start schools. And so as we kind of go through this, you'll see that, you know, he's just used me to start a number of schools. I think probably everybody in the body of Christ kind of has an unction on their life. And for whatever reason, God uses me to start schools. I, I didn't really realize that at first in my ministry, but looking back, I kind of go, oh, well, okay, Lord. Uh, Proverbs 25, 25 says, as cold water to a weary soul, so is good news from a far country. And so just I'm going to give you just a few of the things that we've done over the years. Uh, many, uh, you know, leadership conferences, but uh, here's one in an underground house, uh, church pastors of Vietnam. And I even had the police chasing me. And so it was, it was quite a, a momentous time in my life. And, and um, we've done things like this in many countries around the world, leadership training. Uh, I, you know, I've been in Bible colleges, so an example of that would be my time in Malaysia, and uh, have been multiple mission trips um, in, in various places, and uh, I also, I, you know, for sake of time, I kind of cut down on some of these slides, because I, I, if you know my ministry, I can just give you full-on slides and videos and stories and everything else, you know, because I, like, I kind of like that kind of training. But, um, you know, one time I was in the largest mosque in Southeast Asia, and I was going to show you a picture of it, but I didn't. So, so anyway, and, and just, you know, uh, miraculously, and it was a very miraculous story, here I am with two other uh, quote-unquote charismatic pastors, and we are standing at the top of the mosque looking down on 30,000 guys that are doing their homage to Allah, and we're praying salvation down upon these guys, you know, at the top of our lungs. I'm praying in the spirit. I'm praying in the understanding. I'm just praying, 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 because of my background, uh, the Lord showed me to pray, and, and you know, I I love that verse out of Jeremiah. If you seek me, you will find me when you search for me with all of your heart. And so that's kind of my salvation uh, verse right there. And so I'm just praying this down upon these people. And as it happened, there was a, uh, an elder's wife back home in our church that had no idea uh, about this mosque or anything else, but she'd found a picture of it. And a week before that, when I was in Japan, she prayed that when I went to Indonesia, that I would end up 
up going to that mosque, looking down upon those people and praying salvation for them. And I had no idea of that until I got home uh, a couple of weeks later. So that was pretty amazing. Um, miracles happen. Now, our primary focus uh, today is in Kenya, Israel, and Pakistan. Those are the three areas that God has just kind of given uh, our ministry in the last decade. And um, one of them, uh, Kenya College of Ministry, I helped start in 2009. And I'm just so very thankful to Pastor Chris Jackson for coming with me twice so far. And by the way, he has had a profound impact. You know, they always want to know, when are you coming back? And, and I'm hoping that's later on in the calendar year. So, uh, but we have uh, seen uh, many graduates there. These are men and women of God who uh, we basically train up. They, they're already pastors. They're already leaders in the body of Christ, but we are there to equip them. And so we give them, my, my background, my doctorate was in um, theology and practical ministry. And so we're all about that. And we, we just want to train them up in the things of God. And there's just so many uh, wonderful testimonies and stories of, of people who have just seen great revivals happening and, and, and massive amounts of evangelism and, and missions work. And, and it just takes off and it goes around Kenya there. So um, one of the cool things that Pastor Chris and I got to do was go to Hell's Gate. And, um, and so, you know, the name of my ministry is Gate Breaker Ministries, based upon Matthew 16, 18, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. So I thought it was rather unique that we got to stand right there at Hell's Gate and, and to uh, break the gates down. So anyway, Pastor Chris and I did that. And then um, we also take annual tours to Israel. And, uh, you know, I, I think your church does that as well. But if you ever want to go, you know, just drop us a line. And uh, we'll probably be going next February. And then uh, one of the big focuses of our ministry today is in Pakistan. So we have uh, now seven GBM trade schools for disadvantaged women. We started these in 2009. I'll show you a video here in a few seconds. But basically... We've, we've had six trade schools for women. We teach them in the art of becoming seamstresses. And we've had like uh, uh, 300 or more uh, women that have graduated from our two-year program uh, since 2009. And we just started our seventh school uh, just this, this month, actually. And so, um, yeah, so that's pretty cool. And these are women that have the hardest luck stories that you can imagine. They're, these are Christian schools, and many of them are Christians. However, we also allow Muslim women to come and to get trained because they have hard lives too. And so, but, you know, we will have a pastor come in and, and pray for them uh, pretty much every day, and then they'll have Bible reading. Now, these women can't read for the most part. They're illiterate, but they can be read too. And so we'll read them stories out of the New Testament. We'll minister to them, but we train them to become seamstresses. And then we also started, um, starting in 2012, schools for slave children. Now, I have two different partners that I work with in Pakistan. One is named Asher, and with him, I do the schools for the women. And we've also started three churches, by the way. And then with 
uh, Rizwan, my other partner over there, we started all of these schools for slave children. And so, by the way, these weren't my idea. These were pastors who live over there that are on the ground. These are Pakistani individuals who understand their culture. And when I first met Asher and Rizwan, by the way, they were young, they were unmarried, um, they were youth pastors, but, but, they, but God miraculously connected me with them in Pakistan in 2009, and I went there, and by the way, it was 122 degrees um, Fahrenheit, and there, you know, and I, I, by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching, they had me preaching to like thousands and thousands of people, and um, in, in one of the slides, uh, you know, they many people gave their lives to the Lord, like 2,500 people stood up, mostly Muslims, stood up and gave their lives to Jesus Christ. We've seen about 20,000 uh, individuals give their lives to Christ. And oh, about, oh, it's, it's kind of like 95 to 98% of uh, Pakistani population is basically Muslim. And so the Christians there get a very hard time. When I when I hear reports back from my friends over there, my, my work partners. Um, well, I won't even go into some of the stories because they're so heinous. But, but basically, the Christians aren't just mistreated. You know, they are killed. And, and so uh, in, in some of the worst ways possible. So you can just imagine. I mean, you know that part of the world over there. And, and so it's, it's hard. But um, that being said, there's many peace-loving Muslims in the world. And so they have friends over there. And those are the kind of Muslims that will come to our rallies when we have them. You know, they will come. They will actually come for prayer because in the Quran, it says that they can pray to Jesus and Jesus will heal them. And so basically, um, they come to our meetings because they want us to pray for them. Well, in the meantime, we give them the salvation message. And, and, you know, I've seen miracles happen. In fact, one time I was over there, and after the salvation call, which hundreds of people gave their lives to the Lord, here's just this mass of people up there that are getting prayed for. And I don't have the gift of healing, but, you know, God will even use a donkey if he opens his mouth. And so I, I, I prayed for these people, and this woman, she was blind, she got healed, you know. And, and then this kid, he was deaf, he got healed. And they gave their lives to Jesus Christ. And that's a good place for an amen right there. So... Um, but, but, you know, God has mercy upon these people. He loves these people. He wants to see salvation for these people. That's why I believe he had me pray for these people even in the mosque in Indonesia. Not because he was trying to thrill my heart. He did, by the way. But, but the reality of it is he loves people. And so he was, he was trying to, uh, well, I believe actually many of those people got saved. Uh, I just believe that there's power in prayer and, and in, our, in the things that we do. Now, uh, we have GBM Hope Primary Schools, uh, 17 of those, but, and we provide curriculum and furniture and clothing and teachers, and we have uh, about 40-plus kids in each of the schools, which means more than 700 kids that we now have in our schools over there. And these are kids, by the way, that work 12 hours a day six days a week making bricks from the time they're like five or six years old. And I thank you so much for, for taking the offering that you did in April. I mean, it just, I'm going to show you a video here in a moment, but we're just getting ready right now to break ground. 
And, and so we are, we are getting very close. And you guys just boosted our confidence level so much in April when it was like, wow, they're thinking about us. They're praying for us. They're even giving us money. Okay, this is so cool. And so um, one of the slides up there is, yeah, us praying over the property. And that's my daughter, Naftali, who went with me. My daughter, Susanna, went with me one time to uh, Pakistan as well. And um, so here... Here we are praying um, over the property in 2019. And, um, and then here's the plan that we have, that in 2021 or 2022, we're going to build this. We had an architect draw up these plans. And um, these kids, you know, even though they work in the, in the brickyards, and I know that I, I could spend an hour talking to you about it, and I don't have that kind of time, but basically they can take two or three hours off each day to go to schools that we provide for them. The government will not educate these children. And by the way, there are 20,000 brickyards alone in the Punjab region of Pakistan, and they all have their complement of slaves, and we have the only schools for them that we know of. And so think about that. And so we have, we have these 17 schools. My vision is actually to have 100 schools. Um, but, but now we are in the process of <clears throat> wanting to build the first uh, secondary school, uh, because these kids, they go up through grade five right now, and if we can get them up to grade 8, 9, or 10, they learn English and Urdu and all these different things, uh, mathematics. If we can get them up to that level, they can get a job that will get them out of the brickyards. Because somewhere along the line, like their grandparents or their great-grandparents took a loan from the brickyards, and they ended up slaves in these brickyards. And until those loans are paid off, and it's kind of like this downward spiral, you know, they actually have to live in the hovel of the brickyards and then make bricks all day. And they, they maybe make, you know, two bucks a week, but they're charged $20 for whatever they, they're being given. And so it's just this downward spiral. So... I am told that the only hope for them is education. And so that's why we are educating them. Now, I have two videos for you here. One of them, uh, the first one's only 19 seconds long. And it is about the, uh, one of the schools, one of the seven schools that we just opened up. And then the second video is just three short videos about what's happening in the brickyards. And so we can watch these. Yeah, we'll watch the second video. <laughs> That's me laughing there. That's Rizwan. It can also change the direction of the moving objects. For example, when a batsman hits the ball, when bat he his force not good, only moves the ball faster but changes its direction as well. Similarly, a football player changes the direction of motion of the ball by kicking it with hit with. If his they can learn foot. English, they can get a really good job. 
so this is our land that we purchased, the acre of land where we'll be building the school. And this happened at the beginning of June. They were bringing in dirt. We have to raise the land four feet. And I just got uh, videos yesterday. It's been completed. And so now we've raised the land four feet because of the rainy season so that the school won't wash away uh, and it won't be flooded. Yeah, so pretty cool. Um, thank you once again. I, I want to uh, share a message with you in the last few minutes. As I was praying for this church, uh, the Lord spoke to me. This is probably about a week ago, and I was kind of putting together everything and thinking about what I was going to do, and I'm, I, I usually wake up in the middle of the night, so there I was, and the Lord just started speaking to me. And, and three times, he spoke to me about your church, and he used the word shelter, that he wants to draw you into his shelter. And that meant a lot to me because he said that to me one time in my life many years ago. And Psalm 61, 1 through 4 says, Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the ends of the earth I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a shelter to me, a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings. And this next verse doesn't have the word shelter in it, but it's the same concept from Psalm 91, verse 1 and 2. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. Can you say that with me? He is my refuge. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him I will trust. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that as we talk about these things, that you will just open up the hearts and minds of everyone here and those that are watching online. And Father, that you will remind us that you are our refuge, that you are our fortress, that you are our shelter. And I ask it in Jesus' name, amen. The shelter protects us from things in life. It protects us from the storms. It protects us from the rains. It protects us from wild animals. It protects us from enemies that want to come against us. And church, I want to say to you, and I do believe this is prophetic for you, because the Lord spoke to me two nights very strongly about your church, that he wants to draw you into his shelter. Now, I don't know what that means. I'm not going to try and, you know, second guess what the Lord means by that. But he wants to draw you into his shelter. Um, Christians need a shelter. Some of the things that came to my mind is all the craziness of the current social unrest that is happening in America and in the world. We need to go into a shelter. Can I hear a weak amen for that? And, and God is our shelter. He is our shelter. We need shelter from, and, and don't just hear me, we need shelter from opinionated arrogant bullies, you know, who just want to tell us what we are supposed to believe, you know. Okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> we, need, we need shelter from the true enemy of us all, the devil, and that's really the big one, who only wants to kill, who wants to steal, who wants to destroy. And I, and I want to say this, and I want to say it lovingly, but what he does is he wants to come and he wants to take away our our faith, our hope, and our love. Because if the enemy can steal, 
or kill our faith or our hope or our love, he's already won. And so we need to guard that in the name of Jesus Christ. When We need to guard it well. Now the second part of this that the Lord spoke to me also was about the word. And that it's the great gift of God to all of humanity. And that we should not underestimate the power of the word of God. And that we should not um, undervalue it in that we don't spend time and really get into it in our lives. And um, now it is, uh, it says in, it's, it's one way that we grow. So 1 Peter 2, 2 says, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. When we, that's the word of God. We, we get into the word of God every time you you uh, drink of the milk of the word of God or you eat of the word of God, it strengthens you. It gives your body sustenance and, and you can grow. It gives your spirit sustenance and you can grow. Now, this is a defense because, see, God is our shelter, but we have to stand at the door of the, of the cave, maybe with a sword or with a spear or with, uh, you know, a uh, bow and arrow, whatever. We need to have defensive uh, tactics against any enemy that wants to come against us. And there are many deceptions in the world that want to come and grab our joy. They want to come and grab our minds and take us away. I, I teach people on cults, you know, and, and world religions and things like that. But there's so many other deceptions in the world that are so subtle that they want to come in. They want to rob our joy. They want to rob our heart. They want to take away our freedom. And things like that. And so, um, now the word may come to you through like the excellent preaching and teaching of, of Dr. Chris, by the way. Um, or uh, it may come <coughs> through <coughs> one of the leaders of your church, uh, through one of the elders here. But we also, I say we because it's not just you, it's me. We as the children of God need to do individual study in the Bible. We need, come on, we need to get into the Bible. We need to spend time. We need to memorize it. We need to, we need to get it deep down inside of our hearts. Hebrews 5, and here's the reason why. Hebrews 5, 13 through 14 says, For everyone who partakes only of milk. Now this would be, you know, we come into the kingdom of God and we're like little babies and everything else and other people are feeding us and that's good. But eventually we get to the point where we need to pick up the fork and feed ourselves. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. For he is a babe. But notice this, but solid food belongs to those who are of full age. Those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. You see, the whole thing is that when you get the word of God deep down inside of you, you become better at discerning the difference between good and evil. That's not me saying that. That's the Bible saying that. And, and so you get that word of God deep down inside of you and you can discern the difference between the good and the evil of what, God, of, of what is happening in society around you or in your own families, for that matter, or in your own heart. And then think about how strong the word is. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God 
is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So the word of God can protect the gates of our shelter. And in fact, it is the only thing that can adequately protect the gates of that shelter. So if you're at home, and I'm not trying to read anybody's mail or say anything, but this is just the way of life. If we let life go through, uh, just pass by so quickly, and, and we, uh, we ignore the word of God, or, or we don't take time with it, and I'm not saying you have to be into it every single day, but you need to have a pattern in your life where, where you get the word of God into your life. And, and if not, then the days can go by and things can come in and kind of mess our brains up, right? So we need to have that. Now, Ephesians 6, 17 says, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So once again, this is like a sword, that you hold up when the enemy comes at you. And you might not, not always know the results of what's going to happen when you wield this sword. And I'm not saying that you take this and you brandy it about and bash other people with it or anything like that. You know, I don't believe in that. You get it into your heart. And, and you get it into your spirit and into your soul uh, through whatever means that you need to use. And when the time comes, you will have the strength to confront whatever it is that is there in front of you. Um, just a couple of other scriptures. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, so we need to allow the word of God to even correct us, to change our course. To, to do whatever it needs to do in our lives, if we're going to be honest with it. Because you see, a disciple, and if we want to be disciples of the Lord, a disciple is disciplined. And he allows the disciplined word of the Lord to come down inside of our lives. Proverbs 3, 11 says, My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as the father, the son in whom he delights. And so we should actually... Beg God to come and, and speak into our lives, to open up our closets and to, and to shake out the dusty things in our lives and, and to kind of fan out, you know, the room and everything else and bring it forth. Um, in conclusion, are you studying, uh, are you already studying the scripture? If so, well done. That's awesome. Keep it up um, and share what you learn with others. Uh, are you new to the Word of God? Well, if you're new to the Word of God, then I suggest a place to start in reading the Bible. And that is 1 John, the little book of 1 John, and especially chapter 4, because it talks a lot about the love of God. For instance, it says, 1 John 4, 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. And verse 9 says, In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. And of course, that's the gospel message, that Jesus Christ came into the world, died for our sins, rose from the dead, and ascended into heaven. And, and there he's going to come again someday for us. But he loves us and, and asks us to be with him. 
And if you just need new inspiration, uh, I would say start with the book of Psalms, you know, or read one of the Gospels. It's been my pleasure to be with you here today, and I, I really appreciate the opportunity to come and share, and um, may the Lord bless you. I just want to pray for you really quick. Father, thank you for each one of these that are gathered here today, either in the audience or online. And Lord, we just love you and we appreciate you. And I just ask you to bless this church richly, Lord, and bring them into your shelter. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. That was the most well-used 30 minutes that I've ever heard. <laughs> I, I told Stan, because we share with Calvary, we're on a real strict timeline here. I said, you've got 30 minutes. I don't think there was a wasted second. That was fantastic. Do, do you feel like we just kind of heard from the Apostle Paul this morning? Seriously, a couple, of, a couple of quick takeaways, and then I would love to pray for you and Kathleen before we're done. Just a couple of takeaways. Um, God's work in our lives is never, um, it's, it's never a cul-de-sac. When God calls us into his shelter, it's not because our end game is to be sheltered. It's so that we can be a shelter. So the word of the Lord is not, I want to shelter you from the world. I want to shelter you so you can be a shelter for the world. And it's interesting when he said that, you know, the, the enemy, these demonic agendas try and steal uh, faith love and hope, we built our mission statement here at Grace around those words. Our mission statement is that, is that we're following Jesus, which is faith, we're modeling love, and we're radiating hope, or we're speaking God's hope to the world. And so um, I, what, what a powerful word. God wants to shelter us and make us people of the book, people of the word, and just what a, what a fantastic message for us. And how encouraging, too, just that God would wake him up and multiple times drop a word into his heart for us. Because how many of you feel like you need shelter? You need that presence and that protection. And then you want to be that. Um, let's be that kind of a church. Let's build that kind of a community here for the 210 Corridor. And last thought today, um, when I first met the Flemings, they actually had started a small Christian school, kind of similar to what Calvary has here. And, and I was a student in the school. If that's all that they ever did with their life was to teach little children in a Christian school, it would have been enough. And yet that little humble beginning became 17 schools and trade schools and a secondary school. So for you, the path that you are on today might be the path. You might be doing everything God called you to do, and so just go for it. And live your path and your calling with as much excellence and greatness as what we've heard today. On the other hand, I want you to pray. Because the path that you're on today might be the beginning of something new that God wants to do. So I want you to be asking the Lord, Lord, is this it? And if this is it, it's amazing. Um, uh, Philip the evangelist in Acts chapter 8 did some incredible exploits and awesome stuff. And then he just disappears in the Bible. And we don't hear from him until over 20 years later. The last time we see him, he's in Caesarea. 20 years later, he's still in Caesarea, except now he has four daughters. And they're all prophets. They all prophesy. But he just found a spot and put down roots. And that might be your story. But God might also want to broaden your calling. And he may want to send you places you've never imagined or do something with you you've never even dreamed possible. So at whatever stage of life you're in, let's go there with the Lord. Is this my path? And if so, how do I max it out for your glory? 
Or did this path prepare me for the next phase? Um, be amazing to see what he does with us. So Kathleen and Stan, would you come up here and, and let me just pray for you. Why don't you all stand with me? And let's just stretch out our hands. And in praying for them, Susanna, do you mind coming up too? Is that okay? Um, as I pray for them, just in closing of the morning, we're going to pray for everything that they represent, their children, their grandchildren, and these kids and women that we'll never meet, but, but we can just pray for them. So stretch out your hands. Jesus, thank you for this, this truly beautiful family who has obviously gazed at beauty and have been beautified. Thank you for the cause they've given their lives to. Thank you for their effort in educating and pastoring and going. And Lord, even Kathleen wrote a book and has traveled the world and has taught and ministered. God, thank you for a, a powerful, powerful couple. Keep them safe. Keep them healthy. Lord, as you wake them up at night, speak to them for them and provide everything they need. I pray that in this season, they would see some of their longest prayers answered. The prayers they've just hung on to for decades in whatever area, let them see those things realized, but bless them, honor them. Let there be a, an increased ease in the ministry with those long international flights and just tough, uh, just travel. Give them an increased grace for what you're calling them to, but God, let them know that we love them, we're for them, and we're in their corner. We wanna be their balcony people, Jesus, cheering them on. So bless them and bless all of you. I'll see you all tonight at six o'clock. Back here for our night of worship and prayer, the screening of Tending Clouds. I love you. So remember as you leave, we don't want to, don't congregate in the parking lot. We'll make room for Calvary. Go this way. Love you guys. You're dismissed. Thank mm -hmm. you.